This episode of the Horse VGK podcast has been brought to you by The Dressage Coach. The Dressage Coach is a digital coaching platform offering a range of services for all riders. Check them out today at thedressagecoach.com. Hello, baby. Hi guys, thank you very much for joining us for episode 20 of the Horse Feed UK podcast. As always, we've got the regular catch up with myself and Amy, keeping you up to date with what's going on within the UK equestrian community. And on from that, we've got the lovely Samantha Osborne guest hosting an amazing interview with Beth Smart. She's the author of Racing Hearts, a book that's now available on Google Play and on Amazon. Don't forget to check that out. On from that, we've got Maddie from The Dressage Coach. She's got a new update, letting us know what she's been getting up to and some exciting new things for you to get involved with. And she's also bringing us the top tips that she usually does from The Dressage Coach. On from that, we've got a brand ambassador announcement. We're really pleased to be welcoming six new ambassadors to the team. And we hope that you're going to show them the love and support that you have everybody else. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoy it. And don't forget to check us out online at thehorsefeeduk.co.uk. So hi guys, it's me and Amy back again for this um, first episode of the new year. Yay! I know, it's nice, isn't it? I just wish um, maybe the lockdown restrictions... I just wish it were a bit warm. <laughs> I, know, I know, it's freezing, it's freezing. Um, so yeah, we hope that you guys have had a good Christmas and a nice new year. Um, it's been snowing, hasn't it? It's been pretty chilly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just going to give you a little bit of an update. I've not been doing very much because the ground has been completely frozen and rock solid. Are you still waiting on the saddle? Still well? waiting on the saddle, I know. I'm super excited for it coming though. It'll feel like Christmas is happening again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one, one of those things. But it couldn't have really timed itself better. No. I don't know if anybody else is in better positions than we are, but our arena is frozen solid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just like, well, the entire yard's really been like a sheet of ice, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, it's careful even just sort of trying to get them out. And I think I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Horses are in at the moment. It's been quite nice, though, sort of over Christmas break. I've known a lot of people have gone sledging. I know the government's sort of like, get back up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's happy. I think it's like, it's come at a nice time. At least it's not sort of February when everybody's well back at work and Christmas is a distant memory. It feels festive at yeah, least. Yeah, I managed to sneak out just after Christmas before lockdown started properly so I'm, I'm okay for now <laughs> I'm not jumping to get back out just yet no you can have a rest so Amy um as always what do you know what's going on in the UK equestrian community what things have come to your notice um at the moment so there's been a real change for the BSPS that's getting quite a lot of traction at the minute they've introduced the rule that everyone needs to wear body protectors for the working hunter ah. it's just the BFPS that has changed it so far um, there's been quite a healthy debate and for people with horses we know we don't always debate the healthiest but yeah it's been quite um, refreshing to see actually the people have been sharing their opinions on it what's the consensus what is it? basically they've just said everyone has to wear body protectors so a lot of people are saying they feel it should be compulsory for children perhaps but your own choice as an adult mm. obviously body protectors aren't really designed to be worn over a tweed jacket which is what you'd be wearing, shirt, tie and everything else. And as we all know, it's, the tweed's hot enough without a, a body, body protector over the top. A bit restrictive, I'd have thought, as yeah, well. Yeah, like, I really struggle, because obviously anyone that knows me knows I'm not exactly the tallest person. I'm a bit of a short 
person and I've got rather a, a large chested area and I'm not the skinniest so finding something to fit me I really really struggle because I always find them too long in the body yeah and but then if I get them short enough I can't fit my chest in and it mm. really is quite difficult to get the right one they've not stipulated any specification on body protector color size shape so whatever what, so what about like the beta level and stuff like that so they, they haven't said so it could be like a, an unregulated body protector. Well, this is the thing we don't know. So a lot of the BSPS areas are saying to their members, you have to be a member of the BSPS. If you have an opinion on this, you've got to a certain date, I can't remember what it is, to write to the chairman, let the area representative know you're going to do it because they are trying to change it. Because BSPS did ask as well last year what people's thoughts were on it was and I think it was resounding would rather not because how would it work I'm just trying to because obviously you know what I'm like with showing and I'm just you know that's why I come to you with all my weird and wonderful and sometimes stupid questions <laughs> but I'm just trying to figure out so it's a working answer so you've gone in you've done your flat show you do your jump first you do your jump first all oh, right okay so you've gone in with your body protector on yeah. and you've done your jumping and then sorry so then do you come out of the ring at what point are you changing into your tweed or we don't know because at the minute they brought it in over covid as a temporary measure and to I mitigate think, the risk, I I'm think presuming. So, yeah. yeah, I think that was the main reason. Um, so you did wear them over your tweed jackets, right? Okay. So yeah, they've not said whether you take them off or like what you do for the championship. So they've not really said much, right? Okay. I think that's where a lot of the confusion's coming from. And what are people saying? Are people agreeing that this is a great idea, or are a lot of people saying, "Come on, really, we think just kids and from what, what I've seen, I'd say it's more sixty saying." 60% saying, come on, let us make our own decisions for adults, and 40% saying, eh, it is what it is. Right, okay, okay. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting that people are debating it in a round, well-rounded way rather than shooting each other down for their opinions. Right, okay, no, that's really positive. We'd be interested to know your thoughts, guys, if anybody wants to get in touch and let us know what they think about it, or if anybody's got any body protector recommendations, come and do yeah, a rider review. That'd be a good one. Especially if you're short and... Larger chested, busty, busty <laughs> like Amy is. Um, let us know if there's anything. Um, yeah, if you guys, you know, have, have got something that you'd like to review or recommend for Amy, or if you've got a thought or opinion on on the body protector issue as a yeah. whole, we'd we'd love to hear from you. And then the Olympia, they're having a massive redevelopment. All oh, right, okay. What's going on with Olympia? Because it wasn't on this year. No, it wasn't. It got cancelled like pretty much everything else due to COVID. So yeah, they're having a big. I don't really know what they're doing but refurbishment however that does mean the ssadl and i know you're looking at oh. me and thinking what does that stand yeah, for yeah come so on help me out the senior showing and dressage league right so for the veterans over 15 okay they have their ridden in hand finals which are very very popular classes you've got there are a few direct qualifiers at shows around the country ah. um you've pretty much got to take champion to get there right or you can do your first round then a second round and again you've got to take champion mm -hmm. So, massive, massive final for the veterans. Been a huge thing for a number of years. It's, uh, they're having to move their final somewhere else. So, it was at Olympia, but now... It was now, at Olympia, now it won't be. Why? Do we know why? The Olympia said they've just not got room for them. Where, where, so, sorry, again, I'm being stupid. So, where's Olympia held? In London. In London, right, okay. Yeah. So, is there, is there being a venue change, or do you think there's a so schedule change? they're doing change? the venue up. Ah, right, okay, okay. She doesn't listen to obviously it, it gets very confusing i like it to be spelled out as if um 
I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's more helpful. Right, okay, so they're doing the venue up and as yeah. a result the venue's gonna be smaller? I'm not really sure. Right, just, okay. I mean, there are a lot of competitors in those classes because it'd be interesting to see what the BSPS do because they also have the Heritage, which is the M&M final there as well. Right. Um, but yeah, they've never announced that they can't have it because they're the only showing classes they do. Right. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. It seems a bit of a shame because it must have been yeah. such a highlight for the veterans to be in that yeah. class at Olympia. I always wanted to take Randy, like, but because Randy's now 29. Yeah. <laughs> But I just didn't think it would be fair on him because he, yeah, travelling all that way. Yeah, yeah. Doing oh. his little joints. So, well, we'll keep you posted on that one then, guys. And so, yeah. again, we are going to still hold, have the final, they've ah. said, but we just don't know where or what yet. I think it's quite a recent development. So, right. we've not got the, all the answers just yet. Speaking of recent developments, um, do we know what's happening to this year's? We're in 2021 now. What's going to happen? What's, got, what's happening for this year's show season, Ames, and all the events? From what I've seen, everyone's planning to hopefully go ahead as normal with COVID restrictions in place. Right. Okay. I think it's planned for the best and pray the worst doesn't happen again. Yeah. And if it does, it does and we're just going to have to crack on. Fingers right, yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed because yeah. we're, we're sort of 12 months in now. There or thereabouts, we were just chatting Well, you know app. what I'm like. I'm OCD and I've already started filling in my diary. Well, I say I've already started. I started quite a while ago getting <laughs> stuff planned in. Because a lot of the dates have been announced, a few have been moved around, some of the bigger shows, but... Is it making you think any differently? Because I know you normally, I don't know if you'd have done your memberships by now. Normally I would. But that's it, so is it making you hold off? Do you think, you know, are you reluctant? I have. Not just for the reason of, I don't know whether the shows will go ahead, I'm happy to pay the membership anyway, because don't forget, those societies do a lot yeah. that we don't realise, and they run stuff books and things like that, and there's a lot of training information available from these societies you're not so just do paying think for they the need show to, yeah, yeah i do think they need supporting in yeah. some way like your local riding club you you're right you might only get a couple of shows like your membership but would you rather pay 20 quid membership and have a show there for the next year or have nothing yeah that is the way things are going to go yeah these societies can't support themselves forever. Yeah. a lot of them are charities as well yeah so I do think they need that help and support. So yeah, I ha I will still join, but I haven't decided who I'm going to join yet. Right. Okay. Okay. No, it's an interesting one. I think it's it's, it's something that many people will be sort of looking at and weighing up um, yeah. as as things come forward. No, definitely. Is everybody in tier four now? Are we all tier? No. No. Right. Okay. Because I was meant to be going to Aintree, if you remember, next Sunday to do the arena event in their tier three. Ah. So technically, they can still go ahead, but because we're tier four here in where we are, I wouldn't be allowed to travel to Aintree to compete. Right. So Aintree have announced that they are not holding any events now until they're going to reevaluate on the 13th of January when the next government announcement is. Because looking at their entries, 90% of them were from Tier 4. Right. Yeah, it's a really a shame. difficult but a very yeah. sensible decision it by is, the sound of things. because they said, look, unfortunately, from what we can gather in, people are still planning to come. Yeah. So yeah. they've... they've cancelled all their events which i think is a very responsible approach yeah it is it is um yeah and we'll have an episode out so sort of hopefully we will know know a little bit more on from the announcement on the 13th of january and if we can we'll definitely update you and obviously if, you know you guys or if any associations want to get in touch or if you want any announcements done on the podcast please do just just drop us a message and let us know and we'll try and sort of help you out and promote where we can most definitely no super up next we've got a brilliant interview with um, amazing samantha osborne 
Sean. She was in Horse and Hound. She's amazing. She's so she? good. She was in Horse and Hound. Um, Does last she sleep? episode. I know. I know. I know. She's just yeah. She she puts me to shame with yeah. the amount of stuff that she does. She's um she's doing something with the Equestrian Hub on um. Rider mindset, and yep. I believe that is it TSR. She's yep. running some clinics as well. With TSR, like the big clinics, then. Yes, no, definitely. And I think you should go. I need to go. <laughs> definitely, I'm trying to rope her into doing something sort of um, a bit more locally for us. Um, and she actually rope her in. She blesses. She's she's lovely, obviously, and she's agreed. Um, but it's just difficult with venues and dates, and I think like people that are Especially doing with COVID. Isn't it? Yeah, people are doing you know regular stuff anywhere that normally do stuff without trying to necessarily starts with new but i'd definitely love to attend one of her mindset clinics or something like that no most definitely um obviously mm. you can always check out her instagram as well she shares her mindset tips and yep. stuff like that but no brilliant so yeah up next we've got samantha osborne she's interviewing some um beth smart yeah he's got a new book out you act like that's a tongue twister and it's really I know, not. I the book's, oh, sorry she's, sam's glaring at me now uh, it's racing hearts the book right yeah no it's, it's Sounds good it does it does so stay tuned for that and then we've got some brilliant top tips from the dressage coach coming up as well as always guys let us know what you think of the show and if there's anybody that you would like to hear or no you want to get your voice out yourself yes make yeah. a change from us yeah definitely if you want to interview somebody or come on the I show don't volunteer for this <laughs> she loves it Amy <laughs> loves it she absolutely loves it and she's a necessary a necessary part of the show because otherwise I'd just be spreading a wealth of misinformation well, something like that it would be that I'll bite my tongue <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy the rest of the show guys we'll be back next fortnight with the latest equestrian updates take care and we'll speak to you soon bye good morning beth welcome to the horse feed uk podcast i'm delighted to have you for this exclusive interview perhaps you could start by introducing yourself to our listeners and perhaps telling them something about your equestrian background um so i am the daughter of uh, racehorse trainer brian smart who's probably best known uh for his nunthorpe victory at the york ebor meeting a few years ago um, my own personal background is in showing, but I made the transition to show jumping a few years ago. Um, and more recently, I have been become a published author um, of a book called Racing Hearts, which I wrote alongside doing a degree in equine science, which I'm currently in my third year. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing achievements. Um, I mean, I've read your debut novel. I was really impressed. I couldn't put it down. I had it finished within one day, I think. <laughs> I literally just read it nonstop. Um, and obviously, I've recently reviewed it on my Instagram page at Samantha Osborne Equestrian. Perhaps you could tell us a little more about your book and where you kind of sourced your ideas from, right down to even the imagery on the cover. I absolutely love the front cover image. Um, you're not the first person to have read it in a day. <laughs> it's, a, it's quite a recurring theme, which is always good. Um, so I've grown up in horse racing. Uh, it's all I've ever known. Um, and I just really pulled from the colourful people I've come across um, in life. And I just wanted to give an update on a really well-loved genre um, and something fresh and new. Um the front cover, we, we spent quite a long time on the front cover, um, but I really wanted something like a bit mysterious because there's quite a lot of mystery within the book. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, so overall, Racing Hearts is a horse racing thriller romance 
uh, book and it just really plays on uh, life, real life in Yorkshire, training resources. And that's what I really wanted to portray. It's not all about, you know, the posh trainers you see on telly. It's it's real grit and determination that gets you there. Absolutely. And I think even people who are not in the racing industry as such, but are equestrians could relate to so many of the topics of kind of struggle and trying to afford to pay the bills and kind of horses that win you over that, you know, maybe aren't originally given the, the kind of the time and the chance and the love they need and they, they come through and, and obviously win in your book. Um, so really inspiring and something that everybody can resonate to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really wanted to um, portray sort of like an overcomer type theme coming through. And I think that's been really helpful to a lot of people this year because it was released in March, literally the week before lockdown. So I think that's uh, been really nice for people to sort of get absorbed in that and see that, you know, we, we will get through things and we will get where we want to go eventually. Absolutely. So how do you go about promoting your book then? Um, so I've got I've got a couple of uh, social media pages. I've got um, f- Facebook, Instagram, which is at Beth Smart Author, which I've tried to promote on there. Also, my publisher, Fisher King Publishing, have been amazing. They did a social media campaign, which got some amazing hits. I think it went as far as USA Australia it was amazing like looking popping on every morning and seeing the comments was just like crazy how far it got Um, and more recently um, Derek Thompson known as Tomo to his friends uh, came up and did an interview so that was really great as well yeah he's really good fun I can imagine that was um, a special moment in terms of you know promoting your book oh for sure I mean most people would know him for Oh, maybe Greg James on Radio <laughs> One, um, but yeah, Tomo is so lovely, and it was it was kind of surreal, really. So it was great. Absolutely. So I believe that you're working on your next book. Could you perhaps give us some sneak hints about, you know, what might happen in this one? Uh, yeah. So book two is cooking away. Um, it is a follow up to Racing Hearts. Um, so I'll give a brief overview of book one. So book one follows young trainer um, Emma um, who has had to take over from her father who is ill to um, a very difficult owner who unfortunately decides to take all his horses away leaving her with practically nothing Um, but she has a a few horses left Uh, one is very well-bred colt that's been cast adrift due to various reasons and she also comes across um, a young jockey who you could also say has been cast adrift and they strike up a relationship and uh, everything kind of goes from there. So book two will open up maybe a few months after um, book one finished. Um, it's got more of an international flavour uh, for some of the fans that are like <laughs> abroad. So mm-hmm. hopefully that will appeal. Um, some old faces coming back to haunt them. Also some new faces so stay tuned for 2021 I can't wait to read it um I mean I asked you to put together kind of a little video for the school I work for um about you know how to inspire 
kids to get doing some creative writing and and you put together an amazing little video there with some top tips I wondered you know what could you advise adults to do to start writing because obviously writing is a, a lifelong thing that people could do as a hobby it doesn't necessarily just have to be obviously for school kids or for professionals yeah for sure I mean I'd actually maintain a lot of what I originally said so a lot of people I think especially adults would have gone through life with maybe a couple of ideas within them and they've just never had time to put it on paper Mm. and I would I would just say to them whatever you have within you get it down on that page and just stick to what you know you know just get it on that page and you never never know what might happen I mean, I certainly never expected to be sat here talking to you about <laughs> a book I've written. So, yeah, I would just um, just get it on that page. And I think maybe uh, an older an older author probably has loads of ideas. And I would play on your life experience mm-hmm. and what you gathered over the years and just get it out there. Absolutely. I mean, you certainly inspired me. Uh, you know, I've I've almost kind of been trying to plot novels in my head as well (laughs) but I just don't think I could do it um and what books did you read perhaps to prepare for writing your own book or have you got kind of a favorite author or genre yourself so I didn't read anything per se because obviously we have the likes of Dick Francis John Frankham who are obviously massive in the horse racing genre Mm -hmm. and I actually I didn't want to be swayed or influenced by anything that was already out there I really wanted to bring a fresh new look maybe a little bit younger audience um to it so what I what I tended to do was play on my own life experiences the people I've come across the conversations I've had but also I think YouTube is always your friend little clips here and there Mm. of maybe perhaps uh, racing films or big races just to like get you in the mood get you in the zone and just see whatever comes and I I would definitely recommend that to anyone that was thinking about writing or just looking for inspiration. Absolutely great advice and I can see from obviously knowing you anywhere but some of those kind of things you preferred to like your dad's big kind of grade one winner and I remember I was there sort of on that day and it was lovely to celebrate that with you it was you can see how much it means to you all and of course as well with your mum being horsey and I was in the class the day that she won at Horse of the Year Sean Rogers Revenge obviously I was seventh that day in 2012 so tell us a little bit about your kind of family as well and, and their highlights and achievements with horses. Yeah, so I'm really lucky. Both uh, my parents are really supportive. But I think what a lot of people probably don't know is none of them came from a horsey background. I'm actually really? first generation. Wow. Um, so dad is actually son of a coal miner uh, right. from Barnsley area. So he left home at 15 to become a jump jockey wow. um, to Pittman, which is quite a well-known mm. fact about him. Um, but he was a jump jockey for 10 years and his highlights include the Midlands Grand National, the Fox Hunters at Cheltenham, and he actually won six races on Corbier, who actually went on to win the Grand National. Wow. So he had a prolific career um, there before turning to training himself. And obviously, he we've had a couple of Group 1 winners, the notably the Nunthorpe and the Prix de l'Abbé in France, and also the Prix de Diane in France. So that they're kind of his highlights. We've also had Royal Ascot winners. So he's had a really great training career and obviously it's keeping going. Got some lovely horses for next year. 
but he's also turned his hand to judging. He's a quite a well-known show mm. judge. He's done Hoy's, R.I. Uh, he did the last Royal show, which is a, a big thing for him, which he's really proud of. Yeah. Um, and he's also got a background in show jumping, which has helped me. Oh, he's, really? Uh, helped, um, yeah, he, he um, helped Andrew Hoy many years wow. ago when he was getting going. So, yeah, he's... Uh, really helpful when it comes to getting horses going it does it and, um, and then, I had no idea yeah so um he if you get you'll have to invite him around to dinner and he'll uh, <laughs> tell you all his stories <laughs> and what about your mum then uh, yeah so mum uh, mum's actually from the south originally um so she she had ponies as a youngster but mainly as like um a hobby um but she she did vet nursing originally and a bit of point to pointing, but more recently I think people know her for um, her work with ex racehorses, um, and probably most notably we've got Chivola people will know and also Rogers Revenge. Mm. Um, so he won Boys, Chivola won at Hickstead, and um, he also won Great Yorkshire twice. So she's a really done amazingly well with them. Roger was actually homebred by us, so that was even better. Yeah, and Shavola was beautiful. I had the pleasure of riding him at the, I think it was the British Show Horse Association, Northern Show, and I think he, he picked up a Royal International Hack ticket that day, and I'd ridden him in the retraining of race horses class um, prior to that taking place, and oh, he gave me an absolutely beautiful ride. He was so lovely, um, so well-schooled, and just an absolute pleasure to ride. Oh, he on his day he was absolutely stunning. He he was quite small. To, like a lot of people think, like horses need to be big, but he was he was a perfect pocket size mm. classic hack. He qualified for Hoys as a hack actually, and RI and yeah, he he was uh, hot as anything, mm-hmm. but on show day he could pull it out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look like that anymore. He's very hairy, <laughs> muddy. I know. Well, it's been nice for lots of them to have just some time out this year, hasn't it? Really, with coronavirus and things, it's you know, it's 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 given them a little bit of downtime, I guess, away from the shows, and, and they've deserved it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. He's uh, he's keeping my brood my company at the minute, so he's very happy. I mean, speaking of shows, so obviously when you introduced yourself, you talked about how you used to do showing, but more recently you've made that transition to show jumping. So again, completely inspirational. That's the path that I'm wanting to take. Perhaps you could tell us something about your horses and sort of any training or competition highlights that you've had and, and maybe even your plans for 2021 of what you hope to do if all goes according to plan. Yeah, so I started life in showing um, mainly because dad had a lovely show hunter and I was like, I want to do hmm. that. So for for many years, I had uh, show hunter ponies. I had a lot of success and a lot of fun. Um, and then I had a bit of a tragedy. I lost my 15-hand hunter pony really in really tragic circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a step away from that, and I decided I wanted to go down the working hunter route. Um, so I came across a lovely Irish mare um, who I did it workers with for a couple of years, and I kind of stumbled across uh, show jumping by accident just because I needed to get practice in for the mm. workers really and uh, I the bug sort of bit me and I was like oh I quite like this <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so I just started out British novice, uh, like meter classes, just get going. Um, and then just, and then I got one of my current horses now who's called Cluedo and he took me basically from little classes all the way up to like my first premiere shows, my first fox hunter. Um, so we've got him at the minute. He's also been doing a bit of dressage more recently. So he's sort of got a few strings to his bow. And then uh, what most people probably know, my top horse is Sandor's Legacy. Um, he's a great day. He's 15 coming. Uh, he's amazing. He's 17 too, and I'm five foot one. So <laughs> we're quite a sight to behold at his shows. Um, so yeah, he's he's my most well known horse, and he he won the Small Tour Grand Prix at Kiso International, my first ever international show. So that was absolutely amazing. Um, and he's qualified for the Silver League at Hoys two years running, so 2019 and 2020. Um, so that's been amazing. So they would probably be my two highlights of him. Um, next year, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, I'd love to go back to Hoys with him because when he qualified in 2019, he actually got injured the week before. So that was really gutting. Um, so I'd really like to just get to Hoys and get get a picture in that big arena. It'd be great. I know. You've been so unlucky with the injury. And then obviously this year, I think it sort of took place at entry instead, didn't it? So to not actually get yeah. the, the Hoys ride at the, the venue, that's disappointing. But such an amazing achievement. I don't think people understand. It's not like you kind of go to a show win and, you know, you've qualified like with a showing class. There's, there's so many steps to it and rounds, isn't there? Do you want to maybe explain about what you need to do to qualify for Horse the Osha for that Silver League. Yeah, for sure. So I'll I'll chat about it in a normal year. It was a bit different this year, but in a normal year, you have, I think there's a league period from approximately April to June, I believe. Um, and you have to accumulate points within your area. So in North Yorkshire here, we are Northern. Um, so you go out and you you either try and win classes really because that's where you're getting the most points for that league period and then the top 15 go through to a final which is either north or south based on where you live so I went through to Bishop Burton in 2019 and there was uh, three rounds so start high was 115 first round you have to go clear so usually there's quite a lot of clears in that because a lot of these horses are jumping sort of anything from 115 to 130. So mm. 130 also jump 115, you, you're expecting quite a few clears. So you do that and then you do first jump off, which is, it is against the clock, but it's it's not like fast, who dares wins. It's more, <laughs> you need to go clear again, but over a shorter course. And then that kind of, you, you know, people get less as you go through the rounds. And then the third round is jump off time. So I think the top seven qualify for Hoys. So in 2019, I was quite lucky. I had quite a late draw. So I think uh, the, of the early draws, people had like gone for it and maybe done a few mistakes. So on the day, I knew I just had to go clear because there was only a couple of people behind me. And it was so nerve wracking. I could, I could barely speak. <laughs> I was just like so focused. But yeah, we went clear. So you have to get through three rounds and then be in the top seven. So it's really not easy. And only 14 qualify for Hoys in the whole country. So 
to get there was amazing. Absolutely, an amazing achievement. And obviously, I mean, credit to sort of your horse and, and the dedication, you know, as a rider yourself. But would you like to shout out maybe anybody that you train with? And I mean, of course, your parents, you've already referenced for their support. But who is it that you have lessons with? Yeah, so I actually... I train with Paul Barker, obviously, because um, Ben, as he's known to his friends, uh, it was originally Paul, so they bred him. Um, so he was, that day, he was very helpful. He was there telling me what to do. Um, and then I also do a lot of pure dressage training, which I think is really important. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people kind of overlook overlook it, really. Yeah. So I train with um, a lady called Jo Watts. She does all my uh, black work training, pole work. She's great. I highly recommend for anyone wanting to do that. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, I'm quite small. I'm very small. I'm very petite. I'm only five foot one. So my horses have to be really in tune to me and what I'm doing. And I obviously have to be in tune to them. So that's where I think dressage is so important. And I, I would say to anyone, never, ever overlook it. Yeah. I mean, you've referenced kind of that you are really petite then, you know, being the daughter of a, a racehorse trainer. I get I best I bet that you get asked all the time, you know, why didn't you want to be a flat jockey? Why didn't you want to go down the racing route? Yeah, I get asked that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm only like seven stone, five foot and tiny whiny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have ridden the racehorses and yeah, they are like super duper fast. Um, and I'd, I'd never rule it out, maybe as an amateur, um, but it's never really been like a lot of trainers children, they do follow in the footsteps and go down the, the racing route. And a lot of them have done very well, like the likes of Megan Nichols and people like that. Absolutely. But I've always loved the sort of the finesse and the, um, the, the like, it's very precise. And the, it's kind of an, I, I always think the sports, like, you know, dress I showed you, I mean, they're, they're almost an art form. Yeah. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist and I've always just, loved working with the horses and building a relationship and you know you see them every day and you just get a little bit better every day and I that's I just that's what I love and that's why I followed that route. absolutely and I guess as well it's it's a little bit of escapism isn't it because you know at the end of the day it's a business the racing industry and what your dad does and it's it's nice to be involved with that but it's also nice to see horses from a different angle and have it for pleasure as well isn't it yeah, for sure. I mean, my horses actually live really close to the racehorses. Um, so I walk past them every day and I think nothing will ever really come close to a thoroughbred head. They beautiful. they are, they, yeah, they're just beautiful and there's nothing really compares to them. But I mean, it's kind of silly, really. I should be on these thoroughbreds, but I'm on these like massive warm <laughs> blends. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean... I I love my horses they're like they're like family really so yeah for sure yeah and so you talked about a broodmare so have you plans to sort of do a bit of breeding falls as well then yeah so um the mare I actually talked about earlier that I did workers on we decided to breed from her um she had a couple of injury issues so she was she's a lovely mare and we were like we'll, we'll put pop her in fall um, so she's actually in full to Christian 25 at the minute due approximately 
June time. Um, she actually had a bad pregnancy last year and we actually lost the foal, which was really heartbreaking. So this year we've got everything crossed. We're not leaving anything to chance. She's getting scanned every month. So fingers crossed I'll have a little foal to show everyone yeah, <laughs> in June. Absolutely. You know, good luck with that. Oh, Christian is just absolutely beautiful, or was, because he, he was sort of... Um... I think they lost him this year, didn't they? Which is really sad. Yeah, really sad. So, yeah, we've got she's grey, he's grey. So we'll see what pops out. Into yeah, grey is a second. Oh, grey nightmare. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know from having one that the bathing, I said never ever again. It's the only thing in the criteria of finding another horse. It can't be grey. <laughs> the beautiful, but I spend more time bathing than riding. Well, true. I actually have another mare who's like pure white. She may as well be a ghost. <laughs> but yeah, she likes to become skewballed from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Beth, who would you say is kind of one of your favourite famous riders then, if we're thinking about, you know, our typical elite riders, your AP McCoys of this world or your Charlotte Desjardins? Who who inspires your riding? That's a, that's a very good question. <laughs> Um, I think Scott Brash is just amazing. Yeah. He's just got ice in his veins, hasn't he? Um, uh, yeah, he's just, he gets the job done, but he also looks amazing while doing it. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely say him. I'd also, I'd throw Holly Smith in there. Um, yeah. She's just amazing against the clock and her horses always look fantastic and go fantastic. So, yeah, definitely those two. And what about if you could own any show jumper other than your own pride and joys, of course, and your stables, but which horse, if you could have any, would you want? Ooh, this is probably going to be a very boring answer because I think everyone would say it, but I think Explosion is just stunning. Okay. <laughs> and do you think, you know, if, let's say if show jumping didn't exist, what discipline do you think you would compete in? Do you think you could go down the dressage route instead? You know, you've talked about being a perfectionist and... And kind of doing a lot of dressage training is that something that you could see yourself doing as well yeah I think I think definitely I think dressage is actually on the on the surface I think people think it's quite straightforward but when you get down down to it it's really really quite difficult to really pull it off in that test arena so yeah I def I have I have done a bit of dressage with the horse I mentioned last year and I, I did get into it, I'll be honest. I, I did enjoy it. Um, and I think as as he would progress at the levels, I think definitely be something I would enjoy. And I'm also very quite musical. My back, I have a background in music and I've been trained in like classical music. So I would love to do dressage to music. <laughs> yes, that would be so exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Beth. And hopefully we can catch up with you when you have released your second um, novel. And we'll catch up again then. Yeah, thank you so much. Speak soon, Beth. Bye. Bye. A big thank you to Samantha and Beth. We hope that you guys found that interview as interesting as we did. Don't forget that you can check out Beth's book, Racing Hearts, available on Google Play Books for just $2.99 for the ebook, and you can also order it on Amazon.co.uk. Definitely head over and check that out. We're going to be back after this short break with an update and some top tips from the dressage coach. So stay tuned for that. Hi. 
Hi guys, it's Maddie from the Dressage Coach here. I'm really pleased to be able to reveal a brand new part of the Dressage Coach, which we've called the Dressage Coach Hub. Now we've been working on the hub for around a year and although Covid gave us a really good reason to accelerate the development of this, we wanted to spend the right amount of time to make sure it was just right. And now I'm really excited to be able to pull the curtain back and show you what we've been working on. So the hub is the core part of the dressage coach, which in itself is all about providing everyone, no matter where they are, how old they are or what their ability is, uh, the opportunity for quality coaching on their horse. Hub takes that one step further and is designed to help riders work on several aspects of themselves and their horses to be able to get the very best from their riding. Of course, much of what we look at uh, in the hub is incredibly useful for your life in general too. The hub is made up of four main areas which are mind, body, well-being and of course riding. Uh, each area has several sections within it and that looks at specific things. So for instance in mind we look at confidence, performance mindset and goal setting. Our well-being section covers yoga, meditation and sleep. Um, the body section looks at nutrition and that includes weight loss and performance nutrition. Uh, it also looks at fitness and hydration and the riding section. Well, that's full of loads of information around schooling, rider biomechanics, pole work. And actually, it's where you're going to find the link to the Horse Feed UK podcast as well. We also have our Hub Members Facebook group, which we um, have purely for people who are members of the Hub. Um, it's set up to provide a supportive and positive environment for the members to engage with each other. Uh, each day we do a daily check-in where we ask a couple of questions and members get involved with that and uh, it keeps them on track and accountable to themselves and it's a really fantastic system. Of course, you don't have to do that, but it's there and so far it's proved really popular. Uh, members also have free access to all of my e-learning courses and e-books as well as free access to our monthly live workshops where we're having uh, several guest speakers in. The uh, workshops are run on Zoom and we'll be covering a variety of topics. Uh, so, for instance, January's one, we're going to be running a live goal setting workshop so we can find out what it is you want to do this year and get you going on the path to achieving that. Uh, February, um, I'm actually going to be joined by my husband who is going to talk about how everyday people can easily get fit and lose weight without going on any of these specific diets and without having to join a gym or get a personal trainer, how we can actually do it ourselves. And he's going to share his story and how he managed to um, actually lose six stone in six months without the help of a personal trainer, without going on any fad diets, just through a really good mindset-based um, process. And then in... March, we've got Sophie from Sophie Wright Homeopathy joining us to talk about homeopathy for horse and rider and how it can be a real, real help and benefit to both. So as you can see, we're, we're already quite busy. 
Our members also get access to special offers and discounts, which we're always adding to with a wide variety of retailers and manufacturers. So that's just the start. We've got loads in the pipeline coming too, with more areas being developed and more content coming. We are continually adding content to the hub. So don't think that once you're on there, that's all there is. We are updating it practically weekly. Um, hub membership is available at two levels, Hub and Hub Plus. So Hub gets access to everything I've talked about and Hub Plus that is everything I've talked about and it adds on an online coaching session once a month. Now, whether that be uh, you want to do a uh, remote mounted coaching session or you want to do a uh, mindset coaching session, that's totally up to you, but that's included in the cost of Hub Plus. So the Hub membership is £25 a month and if you sign up to our mailing list, you'll get a code for £5 off your uh, first month too. So signing up is really easy. Just head over to thedressagecoach.com and click sign up and uh, it'll take you through the rest. So I'm really hoping I'm going to see some of you on the hub soon. Uh, take care, guys, and speak to you soon. Bye. Training tips with thedressagecoach.com Hi guys, it's Maddie from The Dressage Coach here with today's training tip. So this tip, uh, we're going to talk about circles and how to ride them well. So a circle actually has four points. Um, so if we think about it as north, east, south, west, it's a really good way to look at it. So if we think about the four points, um, you'd have one, for instance, at C, one at X and one at either side of the arena in the middle of those two points. So that's if we were on a 20 by 40 arena, of course. Um, those four points are the only points that you actually want to touch onto and the rest should be a curve. So if we were doing that at the C end of a 20 by 40 arena, um, you'd only actually touch the track at C and then at the two midpoints and then obviously you'd want to touch the point at X but there would be no arena or track there uh, no arena fence sorry or track there um, so the best way to do this if you struggle with getting your sizes right is either to get some little cones or some little markers that you could put on the floor at the right place and then you can start by just riding from one to the other so you're almost riding a diamond to start so you get the idea of where those points are. Once you've got the hang of where that is then what you can do is you can start to use your inside leg a little bit more and ask for a little bit more bend with your leg and obviously with the inside rein not letting go of the outside rein because we want to keep control of the horse's shoulders and you can start to see how it's now going to become curves rather than straight lines between the two points and that you're only touching the track on those points and the rest of the time you're actually coming away or coming to the track or those points this is really important because most of the mistakes I see in circles when I'm judging or I'm coaching um, is the fact that at some point the circle has become oval or even 
partly square because people are riding right on the edge of the arena and it's just a silly thing to throw marks away on also it's not helping our horses get used to using their bodies in a consistent way when we're riding a circle properly we're actually engaging the horse and his inside hind leg all the way through the exercise whereas if we're letting it go straighter in places we're not so once we know how to ride that 20 meter circle so that big circle, we can then think about making um, different size circles and how we're going to do it. So if we're staying with a 20 by 40 arena, if we wanted to ride a 15 meter circle, the best way to do it is to take a good look at your arena and decide where two and a half meters is off the outside edges because what we're going to do is we need it nice and central if we were going to ride it at sea. So we want to drop five metres. So we need to take off two and a half from either side. Then it becomes nice and central. So if we find out where those points are, we can move our cones to those two points. And then you've still got your point, obviously, at sea. And the other end needs to come in by five meters and then you can start to see how your shapes changed so by this point you should be able to keep your horse nice and round between the markers rather than needing to ride the straight lines first you can ride the straight lines first if you find that easier um, but you should be able to just start riding the curve so you get the idea of how big the circle should be and how it feels as a as a curve and a turn and ideally when you're riding a circle what you want to be able to do without looking down too much is just have a little look and you should just see the uh, inside edge of the inside eye of the horse and you'll just start to see the corner of it and that's a perfect amount of flexion you don't want the horse over bent to the inside because then we're causing a balance issue but if we just ask him just to soften that little bit so that his nose is leading the angle and leading the shape then you can start to see where he should be and hopefully if we're doing our job properly and we've got our leg on and he's following the curve his tail's going to follow his nose okay so if we wanted to go then down to a 10 meter circle 10 meter circle obviously reaches the midpoint of the school so to the center line that's how wide it is so you could move your cones again so you could put one on the center line and um, you could then have uh, one just up from the corner I think if you ride them in a the corner to get used to the size it really really helps you um, remember of course you don't want to be on the track too much because then it's not a circle um, the 10 meter circle, you know, this is where it's really important to have the horse in balance because it's really easy for the horse to fall out or wobble or lose the shape. Make sure that you can ride your 20 and your 15 meter circles really well before you start with the 10s because we don't really want to teach the horse to wobble around on a 10. It'll be much easier if we've got the others right and then we can just make the exercise a little bit harder by making it a little bit smaller. Um, the biggest mistake I see with 10 meter circles is that they're too big. Uh, they quite often go over the center line um, and that's just too big and it's a really nice easy marker to hit actually if you think about it we're really good at knowing where we need to be to get on the center line if we're riding a dressage test so use that as your focus point
Okay, guys, I hope that was helpful. Um, I will look forward to speaking to you soon. If there's anything else you would like me to uh, discuss in training tips, then either let me know at the Dressage Coach or message the lovely guys at the Horse Feed UK. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye. A digital coaching platform offering a range of services for riders of all ability, including virtual training, mindset and performance, and nutrition and fitness. TheDressageCoach.com A big thank you to Maddie there over at The Dressage Coach. Do not forget to go over and check out The Dressage Coach and the hub that they've got as well. It sounds absolutely amazing. We've had a look and checked it out ourselves. It is fantastic. As you can hear, like Maddie's so good and the tips that she gives are really useful. It really doesn't matter what level you're at. There is dressage, it's riding. I think everyone by now has realised there's far more to having a horse than just buying a ribbon. Yeah. It, there's and getting your mindset in, especially at this time of year with everything that's going on, I think the, the experience and the information she's given is invaluable yeah. and it applies to everyone. So do guys head over there and check them out. So as promised, we've got a new brand ambassador announcement. So we've already got our amazing five brand ambassadors, including Samantha Osborne, Emily Duff, Charlotte Douglas, Katie Morris, and Portly as well. So we've got our amazing five, but we have had some fantastic support from other people from around the UK. So we reached out to them over Christmas and we have extended the invitation to a few more brand ambassadors. That I feel we need a drum roll. I do too. And they're just, little... That's really good, Amy, because there isn't <laughs> one on the thing. There's no um, yeah, clip to add in. So we wanted to, these guys have been amazingly supportive to us. Um, we absolutely love their accounts and we just definitely give them a like and a follow. We will be updating the website and putting all the ambassadors details and everything on. But in the meantime, you can check them out on Instagram. They'll be tagged in the post at the Horse Feed UK as well. So you can go over and have a look. So Amy's going to read out the... Um, is it five or six new brand ambassadors? Six. Six new brand ambassadors. I have an uneven number. We need. I need another. We need twelve, don't we? An honorary one as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do. We'll, we do. We'll find someone. We'll find someone. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So the the ambassadors, the new six ambassadors for twenty twenty one will be. Oh, they are. They are. <laughs> uh, so we've got Karen Tinsley. Karen's amazing. Kelly Sterling. We love Kelly. She's been on the show. She did a review and she was on. Yeah. Um, yeah she's brilliant. Uh, Debbie Harrison. I love Debbie. She's so good. She's just absolutely lovely. She's local right, as well. Can we stop gushing? Sorry. <laughs> so we've got Abby and just Jake. Oh, Abby and just Jake. Yeah. Here we go. Sorry. She's off again. Yeah. Beth at the Cobbs and Me. Yeah, we love Beth. Beth did the Applebee. Um, she chatted to us about the driving yeah, yeah. episode and she's done reviews for us as well. And we've also got Cheryl Buckley. Yes, who we all have also had Floyd Buckley Humphreys' mum. He did yeah. one of our first reviews on the show as well and they've just been amazing all year. Floyd's a horse, right? Floyd's a horse, yeah. yeah. Floyd we'll Buckley Humphreys' mum. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, but Cheryl's, Cheryl's <laughs> a lovely new brand ambassador. So guys, thank you so much and, and for all your support for, and for everybody, thank you so much for listening to us last year. We really do appreciate it. Check out the website and check out these guys' accounts online and don't forget to give them a like and a follow. We're hoping to get out and about if possible, sort of COVID. I will. You will. I mean I'll for the podcast you. to be like chatting to people and we you know we'd like to hear other people's voices from on location yeah. at different places and hopefully follow some of the brand ambassadors' journeys as well. But I've said this before, please can you wait until after my class till you speak to Sam? <laughs> She's meant to be grooming. She's easily distractive. Whatever you do, don't like ask her if she wants a coffee because she will 
I've got two ponies, one set of hands. I kind of need it. She's very <laughs> expert, though. She doesn't. She doesn't. I, I'm just there for the well done, Amy. If you're going to give her a coffee, at least make sure she can stall the pony. Yeah, or give me a decaf, and I don't get too excited. Yeah. Um, but no, we've got some nice things planned for this year. We'll be releasing some more information on the website soon. So yeah, I think that's it for this time. Oh, we'll be sending out obviously the ambassador packs and everything to you guys in the post. The post has been really slow; like nothing yeah. has arrived. It's just killing me. I wanted we wanted to do some giveaways and stuff like that as well. But I finally got mine as a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, she did. She, she did. That's awful. Obviously. There you go. That's just a, a cheat's gateway of doing it. But no, um, thank you very much for your support all year. We hope that. We're gonna, no matter what, we're making 2021 a good year, a fantastic year. We'll have to It'll be our one year anniversary soon. It will, I know, the birthday episode will be yeah. coming up soon. I think it's April actually. We'll have to have a special celebratory one for that. Yeah, we'll think of something Definitely. Good. And we are always looking for other people to feature on the show, to guest interview, and to guest host other people. Because I think it's far easier if you're in, you know, if you know somebody that you think, God, they'd be really good, that person would find it so much more comfortable chatting to somebody that they know than yeah. me or Amy we do Definitely try to put you at ease <laughs> but yeah no so please do like we keep saying it is a community podcast we run this for you guys I definitely wouldn't have enough stuff to put in Amy's closer than I am because she you know she does get out with her ponies and do quite a bit but, I do yeah. but it's all showing and we like to hear more than just showing because yes. we understand that it's not everyone's top of cup of tea yes. at all no that's it and even if it's like, like some of the part farm rides I saw somebody that had gone on the the snowy one that looked amazing some of it's still it's open, not a isn't thing it? that it's a snowy one it just happened to have snowed <laughs> I was like wow <laughs> so I was like oh my god can we go on the snowy ride I'm like it's the same ride you did last week but it's just snowed <laughs> I can't control that <laughs> we should have gone we should have gone but no and uh, you know if anybody if there's any venues or anything because like I say we, you travel but we are you know especially with restrictions we're restricted to the areas we are, yeah. so if anybody's got any other venues or facilities or anything that they'd like to I'm always up for going and trying a new venue when we can and trying out a farm ride or a cross country course or a course hire or even just if it's a bit spooky and having a ride round yes yes but we'd love some recommendations yeah. wouldn't we that would be fantastic so yeah so do hit us up and let us know right i think that's all yes until next fortnight guys stay safe stay warm and have a happy 2021 yay Yay! hello baby A big thank you to Samantha Osborne for entering our cover star competition. As you will see, her horse, Stilo Blue Native, is now the cover star of the Horse Feed UK. You can enter our Christmas cover star competition over at the website. There's some great prizes to be won, so don't forget to check that out at thehorsefeeduk.co.uk.